Welcome to Season 2 of the Precision Medicine Podcast, sponsored by Trapello. This is the podcast where experts come to discuss the problems oncologists, reference labs, and payers face as precision medicine grows and consider solutions for advancing the quality of patient-centered cancer care. Be sure to subscribe at precisionmedicinepodcast.com to get the latest episodes delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Precision Medicine Podcast. In this episode, Clint Taylor, CEO at Trapello Health, talks with Lori Brisbane, Vice President of Precision Medicine at Texas Oncology, one of the largest practices in the United States. In this previously recorded webinar, Lori shares how this expansive and diverse network of nearly 500 oncologists is leveraging the web-based Trapello platform to automate test ordering, build consensus, and bring precision medicine to the forefront of patient care. We hope you enjoy. Lori, thanks again for being with us. I know you've got a lot on your plate, and I really do appreciate you taking a few minutes of your day to join us. I know people are really excited to hear what you have to say about your experience, and I might just start with a few questions. You've been in precision medicine for a long time. Could you just tell us a little bit about your background and your role at Texas Oncology? Sure. Well, first of all, Clint, thanks very much for for asking me to participate in the webinar. I I really do think that Trapello has made a very positive difference for our practice, so it's my pleasure. I've been in precision medicine in oncology for the last 10 years. I started out actually in molecular virology, working in Dr. Gallo's lab. Yes, I do know Dr. Fauci, and then so uh, with Rose Diagnostics, and then for established that market, including the blood screening market. And then really my passion at that time was to move into oncology. I worked in different laboratories developing oncology assays, precision medicine assays, including next generation sequencing. But again, it was really a great opportunity for me to get even closer to the patient and work with the provider and and to bring and make difference and bring precision medicine even closer to the patient by working directly with the provider to maximize the use of this important tool for our oncology patients. Thank you, Lori. You know, we mentioned it a little bit in the introduction, but I I think people know that Texas Oncology is a big practice, but tell us a little bit about Texas Oncology because you guys are a really big practice and Texas is a big state. So yeah, actually you got it exactly right. We have 490 um, oncologists and that includes uh, medical oncologists, gen onc, surgeons and rad oncs. We have almost about 150, 175 APPs as well at this point in time. We are fairly fully integrated. We do have our own pharmacy. We do have a couple interventional radiology centers as well. And we are mostly in the state of Texas. I think we have one clinic, I think, in, in, in Oklahoma. We used, for whatever reason, we used to have one in New Mexico, but I, I just found that out yesterday. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a large practice. It's spread out over, you know, obviously a very large geography. And, you know, some of it easily accessible through travel, some of it not. And when we thought about, well, how can we really bring precision medicine to the forefront with such a large practice and a diverse practice where our oncologists are, for the most part, treating all tumor types, I think that the challenge was, how do you get consensus? What I always say in the nicest way is it's really difficult to get the oncologist to agree on where they'd like to go to dinner and if they want red or white wine to be served with dinner. So how are we going to create consensus? And an ever-moving target for across all these tumor types, and 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 some of this information was really brought forth by a lot of our thought leaders and our senior leadership. But we practice evidence-based medicine, 
And so we have been actually fairly successful in implementing treatment pathways. And those treatment pathways are based largely on um, regulatory guidelines, right? NCCN, ASCO, FDA, whatnot. And they also have some streamlining um, depending upon some of the consensus and some of our contracts within the U.S. Oncology Network. So we thought, well, tech oncology is about 80% compliant for the treatment pathways. We don't really look for 100% compliance, right? And so maybe we put in diagnostic pathways that would be in alignment with our treatment pathways in such a way that really doesn't meet that physicians didn't have to change their approach or their behavior in how they they were going to address their patients when it came to precision medicine. So we thought, okay, so we need diagnostic pathways. We're going to base them on evidence. So that was helpful. Uh, we started to learn a little bit about Trapello and its use of those, those that evidence-based rules engine, I would say. And then we thought, well, in order to actually make precision medicine testing its maximum efficiency, we have to make this easier, which is what, what Clint said earlier, especially since we have so many physicians. And really what Tropello offered us was a very, very simple algorithm that really speaks the, the clinician's language. It really speaks toward the patient, their stage of their disease, you know, some of the testing that had happened prior, especially for breast cancer, you know, the hormone and the HER2 status really manages it to keep it ex- very specific to what exactly we need to do to treat, to test. And they're going to be aligned through the rules. And we integrated this not within our EMR, which we can talk about if you're interested in that, but in a cloud-based application for the physicians or clinicians or whomever to access. That system is integrated within Texas Oncology's electronic test ordering system, which happens through our laboratory information system. So for the first time, we actually have a fully automated method for ordering a reference laboratory test, in this case, a precision medicine test from the physician, fully integrated into the laboratory, where those results and that confirmation of order will come back fully integrated back to the physician and it would go back into our EMR. So we have obviously full record of what was ordered, when it was ordered, when did the lab receive the order, and then we close the loop on the result getting back into the EMR. And that was as much as the rules and the simplicity and speaking the clinician's language, the easy button, integrating it with the electronic transfer really, I think, was as impactful as the rules that Trapello offered. I think it's great that that you brought up this point about EMR. And I have several other questions for you, Lori, but while we're kind of on this subject, it's often one of the questions that we get asked when we're talking to cancer centers. They'll say, oh, do we have to integrate to the EMR? Because that could be a real challenge, if not a showstopper. And I'd love for you to expand on that just a little bit, because I know that was even one of the questions that we were asking, you were asking at the beginning, are we going to need to integrate to the EMR? This approach you took is very unique, I think. And I'd love for you to just expand on it just a bit. Yes. In the beginning, we thought we absolutely must need this to integrate with the EMR. When we proposed this as a potential option for our physicians, they were, they were, and they actually did agree. Consensus was, yes, it needs to integrate with the EMR. And we can do that. The problem is that our EMR, the one that Tech Oncology uses, which is Inomed, does not integrate with anything <laughs> other than our laboratory information system. So you could integrate it with the EMR, but that order was not going to go anywhere. 
So really what we needed to do, and we need to follow that order both internally and externally. This is a test that's being performed by an outside laboratory. And so by having the web-based application actually provided advantages beyond ordering in the EMR, and that is that it gave us that connectivity all the way through from the physician, the clinician, whoever's ordering all the way through to the laboratory that is performing the test. But then secondly, it allowed if the physician, of course, this was even more important as we came upon telemedicine and the need for telemedicine, if the physician was not in the office or if the physician had somebody else ordering their test for them on their behalf, it allowed for them to have access to the ordering tool, if you will, from wherever they might be, whoever would be given inclusion in that treatment plan for the patient and would be able to order that. So in the case that maybe the Inamed was down or whatever the case may be, they would always have continual access to being able to order the test. And we have had, I'm going to knock on wood right now, we have had absolutely no downtime with the Trapello application, our laboratory information system, and the laboratories that the test orders go to. It has worked out very well. And when we go to Inamed Generation 2, we came right back and asked those same physicians, do you want to be able to order this directly from the EMR, or do you want to order this from Trapello? And they all said Trapello. Wow, that's great. Which kind of speaks to another question that always comes up, which is ease of use. And in fact, we were at a, at a cancer center recently and they said, look, we have a policy. We're not going to put anything in if it requires more work, more keystrokes than what we're doing today. Now, in this particular case, they were using a major big EMR that everybody would know about if I mentioned. And so the bar was pretty low. It wasn't that hard to, to do. But Lori, I've heard you mention, and I appreciate you reiterating the fact that it was that your doctors have found it easy to use. It is easy to use. And I think anybody who may have ever used, you know, the EMR systems in oncology are not actually very sophisticated. Uh, we are still on Inamed Generation 1, which I think is at least 15-year-old technology. It's a good EMR, don't get me wrong. It does a whole lot. But ordering tests, especially send-out tests, it's, it's not that great at that yet. But Trapello, again, really is very intuitive. It asks very few questions. The magic phrase for our physicians and our clinicians is, you know, not too many clicks. We need to be able to get to the end of the process without having to have too many clicks, too many drop-downs or whatnot, but still have the specificity that we needed to get the right test ordered. So, you know, the eloquence with this is really the behind the scenes work that goes into it. The rules, the evidence that the Trapello team puts forth, you know, keeping, not to mention keeping up to date with the ever-changing guidelines. So really that part in the background is what makes it actionable, but really what makes it work is that ease of use and that connectivity directly to the laboratories. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Lori, you guys, how many oncologists now, as, you, as you're rolling it out, you have oncologists across the state using this. Have you started to see, or are you guys starting to measure, because you do measure pretty closely your compliance with pathways for treatment. Have you started now that you can, have you started to track and measure compliance with the doctors you've rolled it out to and how they're complying with those same, you know, the, your pathways for test ordering? So right now we have 100 physicians of the 
of the 490. Now, now we probably wouldn't have our, our rat-ons on, on using this tool because they're not typically ordering precision medicine tests, although some do. But right now, we have 100 physicians in our network that actively use this application. We did actually put a pause on allowing others to the other physicians to join during COVID. Um, we had, obviously, a lot of staff shortages. We had some clinics shut down, and, and we, we were sort of, you know, assessing the situation day by day in terms of providing patient care. So in March, we put a pause button on allowing physicians to access the application. And then just this month, uh, July, in fact, we went ahead and opened it back up. Um, and right now, we think that we'll probably bring up our San Antonio clinic next which is one of our larger clinics. In terms of the compliance to our, to our testing pathways, I would say that in general, they're very compliant. Not to get into too many specifics, but if the laboratory is not on the Trapello tool, the, the, most of them, the testing is not going to that laboratory because it's, you know, I, I, I don't want to mm-hmm. say that these test orders are really being written and faxed in, but they are if they're not going through the tool, oftentimes being written. Sometimes they get written on a script and then mm-hmm. handed to somebody that somebody has to translate what it was that, that that physician was requesting. And then that information has to be put either written onto a manual rec, go into the portal for the performing laboratory, or potentially hand entered into our laboratory's information system. But there's that lost in translation event that could happen. So if we consider that with Trapello, that loss in translation event is gone or minimized greatly, I would say that we are at about 60% compliance to our diagnostic pathways so far for those physicians using it. Most often where they're out of compliance, quote unquote compliance, where they go off of the recommended test, it really is not really off the tests that are being recommended, but it's off the laboratories that are being pulled up by the application. So for example, if we were to say, we want this to go to lab X, that physician may not want it to go to lab X and they may go ahead and choose one of the other non-preferred laboratories that are still included in the application. So we call that, you know, whatever their favorite lab is or whatnot. So we do allow and really encourage, obviously, uh, for the physicians to treat their patients in whatever way they think that is best. So we're not looking for 100% compliance, but I would say the area that they go off compliance the most is in choosing the laboratory that they're selecting to perform the test and not the tests that are being performed. Gotcha. You've been listening to the Precision Medicine Podcast, sponsored by Trapello. Trapello is the first clinical decision support tool to align the interests of oncologists, labs, and payers to give patients the best chance at beating cancer. To learn more, visit gettrapello.com. To subscribe to the podcast or download transcripts of any episode, visit precisionmedicinepodcast.com. We invite you to join the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter at PMP by Trapello or on LinkedIn at the Intervention Insights company page. If you know someone who would enjoy the Precision Medicine Podcast, please share it. They'll thank you, and so will we. We hope you'll tune in for the next episode.